just a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. Con bonnoir. Con bonnoir. Hunter, this is episode 135 of Witty Banter. It's a little bit different. It's a little fast and loose. It's almost like a sketch. Yeah, we're like going to do sketch it. it in. I bet the uh, the sound quality won't be the Hunter uh, stamp that it usually is. Hey, man, I'm a traveling show, bro. That's because we're using, uh, we're holding our microphones this time. Not even We don't have any mic stands. And uh, you know what? We're already several beers deep. Mm-hmm. Because uh, fuck it, you know we just gotta get we just gotta get right into <laughs> it. We gotta get right into it. Yeah, we're recording this live from the amazing country of Japan. Yeah, specifically Myokokogin. There it is, dude. Just like they say it on the subway station. Um, yeah, you brought your laptop and your microphones and your interface all the way out to Japan, which I was honestly blown away by. Uh, and if we were going to come out here with all of that weight and not put it to good use, that would have been really shitty. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And, and also considering that just to, to start off the, the storytelling uh-huh. of sorts. Here it is. That on our first night in getting in to Tokyo, we got into the airport and it, we didn't realize it was going to take us like three hours to get to the hotel that we were going from the airport taking trains and I left my bag on a train that we were like, Oh, we got on this train and then we put our bag up top. I put my bag with my two laptops. <laughs> two laptops. Two laptops. laptops. Both of these microphones, all of the um, you know, the wires yeah, and all of the I have books in there. I got all <laughs> sorts of shit in there. Put that up top and then we were like, Oh, this isn't our train. Jumped out, forgot it. Ten minutes later, we were like, well, fuck. And so I had to go to the lost and found. And just, they knew no English. Yeah, of course. No Aigo. Yeah. And, um, Aigo wakaremasu Yeah. And um, luckily, the next day, we actually found it. It was incredible. Dude. I was, I was beside myself with uh, grief at first and then yeah. beside myself with joy afterward when, when I found when it. When you texted me and told me that you had lost your backpack... With your two computers in it. Mm-hmm. I was one, I was stricken with heart sickness. <laughs> but two, I was like, man, I feel like this has become Hunter's thing. Yeah. To lose laptops. <laughs> Dude, don't place that on me. <laughs> don't do don't put okay. that on me, Ricky Bobby. Well, look, uh, I don't think Max Scott even knows that we're doing this episode. So we're going to slip it right into the usual uh, <laughs> swing of things. But this is actually good because I don't think we said this on the last episode that we did. But... Um, what has been typical for the last two years with Woody Banter is we take like a little bit of a break towards the top of the year. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine like maybe six weeks worth of episodes, maybe shorter, maybe longer, depending on what happens. Uh, well, we're going to be quiet from Witty Banter. Uh, yep. you, so don't expect episodes for a few weeks. We will be active on Twitter letting you know when the next ones are going to be. Um, and so we understand that, you know, maybe you're looking forward to the banter every Friday, but... Please just stick with us. This this break is really meant for a lot of us to sort of like take our breath again and hit the ground running once Witty Banter is ready to start because we hit every week uh, this last year. <laughs> yeah, we, we I kept telling Chase, I was like, yeah, we haven't missed a single week. And I'm over here like, yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so the whole point of episode 135, recorded live from Yoko Kogan as it fucking blizzards outside. Yeah, is, feet of snow. It's insane. Is to really just kind of go through what we've been up to on this trip and mm-hmm. try to briefly, uh, I guess, I don't know, make comments about where our heads are at as far as what this experience is all about. So yep. let's um, let's just take it from the top, man. What have we... What have what have we done? Let's just let people know the uh, the highlights and the bullet points okay. of the Japan trip. So I'm I'm thinking the way I put I I took a few just like jotted down some things that we've done, and I um I separated the stuff that we're doing like right now, like everything leading up to this podcast in the last day or so since getting in Miyoko Kogan. So <laughs> first off, um, it's just snowing. The all balls outside. It so, is just a blizzard outside. Miyoko Kogan is like a mountain town. And yeah. I mean like probably 15 houses in total are up here. And we're staying in this uh, house that's got like traditional floor mats upstairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fucking dope as hell. We have and an incredible host in, in our Airbnb. Yes. And outside of us is no shit like six feet of snow on the roadways like and it has literally not stopped snowing since we woke up this morning yeah and walking outside in the snow has been like if you were to think of the words winter wonderland yeah you probably still wouldn't hit as winter wonderland as this is (laughs) i've never seen so much snowfall and trees covered in snow as this place yeah And, and it's incredible how it's like when i think of snow and I'm in Houston or anywhere where there's actually never snow. I always think of like kind of like more more so like slosh, like wet, heavy, dense precipitation. Mm-hmm. This is the lightest, fluffiest powder right. that there is. It's like a goddamn snow cone. Yeah. It like it's it's so powdery, like Mandy really wanted to make a snowman. So I it took me like forty five minutes to build this little like one foot tall snowman because I had to pack it in. Who's buried for, already? <laughs> yeah, he's already buried in in the rest of the snow. But it took me like forty minutes to pack this shit in so that it could just stand up yeah. straight, and that took forever. But uh, but no, the the snow and the and the just the general like the entire environment with all the trees and all like. The nice little cottages right. and like the the roadways, the pathways and stuff. It's just been incredible. And like we went to an onsen here, which is yep. just a public bath where you strip mm-hmm. down to your skivvies. Everyone gets naked. It's like a locker room, but yeah, more respectful. <laughs> Girls separated from the boys. And it was an outdoor onsen, so we literally got to be staying in. We were like sitting, and snow was falling on us. And all around us is snow-covered forest, mm-hmm. and we're in a hot bath. Yeah. And, dude. That was my favorite part was the fact that I'm sitting in a hot tub and snow is falling on my hair. It know? was incredible. <laughs> and I keep, like, for me, it reminded me so much about, it honestly reminded me of the game Neo, which mm-hmm. has happened a lot on this trip. And, like, I think it kind of sounds nerdy and, like, almost ignorant to say, like, oh, this just reminds me of a video game that I played. But this game... I feel like was so um, true to Japanese like traditions that everywhere I've gone on this trip, I've been thinking of Neo, mm-hmm. and it's almost made me respect the game like yeah. way more. Yeah. So yeah, we're in M- Miyoko Kogen now, which was like a way to just take a two day break outside of Tokyo and see Japan in the winter time because 
we really wanted to um, we come here in the winter because of our friend Andrew Tarvin, who wanted to come on this trip but had to back mm-hmm. out unfortunately. And like we we wish he could have been here with us, but he wanted to see it in the winter time, and that's you know. So yeah. we came we came up here to see what like heavy winter in Japan was like. Um, but just a few days ago, we were in Tokyo proper yep. for quite an extended stay. And um, we did quite a bit there, so I'll let you take it away. Okay. Also, before we go back to Tokyo, there's there's two there's two or three things I'm just gonna mention real quick in yeah, Yokogo because they're wild. First off, we've seen car crashes. <laughs> we saw a car crash in the snow, like into a tree, <laughs> like lose it yeah. into a tree, dude. Not just like bump in a like, tree. <laughs> And like our hosts at the uh, Airbnb that we're staying at in Miyoko Kogan were like, no, they're 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 fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that. Apparently, that's just fucking common shit. Um, also, we saw a crazy lightning strike. This was nuts. Like we were walking back from a ramen place. The ramen place was really fucking good. It had yep. great uh, wonton gyoza. Yep. Um, and so we had you know we had that going. We're feeling good. We're walking back. And we're and walking back through like. It's like a 15-minute walk, and uh, there's basically no lights out here. It's just a snowy path in woods. Yes, we're literally walking through the woods to get back to our house <laughs> yeah. in the snow. Yeah. Blizzard snow. And a fucking lightning strike happens, but we see the lightning well, be- like uh, what seemed like well before the audio of the actual thunder. And instead of it being like a crack where you see like some sort of crazy wire in the sky yeah. lighting everything up. It was just a blinding light, a, a, an omnipresent light that just illuminated the entire fucking forest. All-encompassing. For like half a moment in time. We all freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah, we totally did. Because the entire forest around us, <laughs> I mean like as far as the eye could see, was brighter than daylight. Yeah. It was fucking crazy, <laughs> And dude. we also are surrounded in white snow, so everything is just in this weird fucking space. Uh, we felt suspended in time. Yeah. And so that was just a crazy... It'll be something that we talk about on the I'm this glad trip. we're documenting. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> here and now, because that shit was fucking wild. But <laughs> all that shit, so, so Mioka cooking has been awesome. Um, we're going to go to Nagano tomorrow and try to make some shit happen, but... In Tokyo, um, I've got some other notes here. First off, we had um, tsukemen, which is, instead of just like ramen, it's essentially ramen, but it's like you dip ramen, you dip noodles into like, you know, this, it's it's, it's a dipping noodle. It's like deconstructed ramen where the broth and everything is in a separate bowl and the the noodles are in another bowl and they're almost, they're like chilled. Mm -hmm. They're like, they've been out for a bit. And so you take the noodle and you dip it into the broth and then you eat it. And this was like a, a tiny on the corner yeah. restaurant with, that had a... Um, you like, can fit about six people yeah, in Yeah, that had restaurant. a bar that fit, yeah, like what, maybe six people <laughs> One in there. dude behind it. Single guy working it. <laughs> which like to me is exactly what I wanted when I w- wanted to eat in Japan. It was like these... I, I saw and watched YouTube and documentaries about these like ramen shops where it's like a single guy mm-hmm. goes in and for 16 hours a day mm-hmm. he fucking makes broth <laughs> and he makes ramen for these people, you know... And, um, you know, and, uh, shout out to Ian Prichel who took us there. Yes. Or at least from led OK us Beast. there. And um, he was there helping us, like, communicate constantly. 
yeah, so yeah, shout out to Ian and Cal. We'll we'll get to more of of the thanks for them later. But that was like arguably my favorite meal that it, we had. It was, was unbelievable. It was like it had this um this dichotomy between like spice and then like almost just like capsaicum. Yeah. Where it would sneak up and make your lips tingle, but it mm-hmm. wouldn't be like overly power, like hot. Yeah. So it would just created this weird sensation in your mouth. Yeah. They had like the two meters and apparently the other like direct translation of the other me- meter other than spice. Yeah. Was just stunned. Stunned. <laughs> had literally a stun meter. <laughs> yeah. But so that, yeah, place, that was fucking really. That really restaurant well. was just like incredibly romantic because of how small it was, how authentic it was, and how much fucking beer we drank too. Um, and then right after that, we went to Bar High Five. Yeah, which, which was the cocktail bar. Uh huh. Right, and um, that was the classiest shit maybe that I've ever done. Right, and this this was a recommendation. This was something that Darian had to do while mm-hmm. going there because I think it's like has been rated in the top 10 bar cocktail bars in the world. Yeah. And you walk in there, and it's really small. They've mm-hmm. got like four tables and a bar. Can't have more than four people in your party. Yep. You can't have more than four people. You can't take pictures without asking if yeah. you can. But they had like six or seven bartenders. Yeah. And um, yeah. they had no menus. And all they would do would walk up to you, and they would say like, what do you like? Yeah, what do you the, like what, to drink? Tell us about your stuff. And they would ask you specific questions, and they would come out with a beverage that <laughs> perfectly customized was. Dude, I had I had some of the two of the best drinks I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. at that bar. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Bar High Five was amazing. Bar High Five was sick. Um, and we also got to see that day. We got to see a shrine. Um, uh-huh. it was the, I think it was the Magi Jingu. I don't right? know the names. It dude. was it was in Harajuku. It was the one where we were just going yeah. through this wooded, like just uh, a pathway with uh, woods on either side, and we got to go to a shrine. We got to like, you know, wash our hands and do yeah, the whole, learn uh, the proper way to do that. Yeah, that was sick. Uh, again, kind of props to Ian for showing us that stuff. I think you and Darian got to do a few more shrines than me and Mandy did. Um, we also got to do a, sh- a sushi. Smorgasbord. So yeah. how was the sushi, man? You came to Japan to eat sushi. It was dang, man. We 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 had. I had. Uh, first off, I'm glad that I finally got to do some sushi that was outside of the realm of just like special chef rolls. Mm-hmm. You know, because like like when I go to a Japanese restaurant, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna spend money. I'm just gonna get like a nice roll. You know, and that's kind of like the extent of a lot of the sushi that I have here. It was like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm just going to get only sushi. So I'm going to get like this one. That's like $5, but I get six of these little tiny rolls Yeah, and I can try like several of them. Right. right? We just had like a sampling platter essentially. Yeah. We finally got, what was the one that we tried that was going out of? We tried uni. Uni. Yep. It was freaking sea urchin gonads. And that was cool. That restaurant was cool because the people who were working there, it felt like we were having a great time. Yeah. They were like very loud and talking. Like the wait staff was talking amongst themselves. Yeah. And we've kind of got like an inside joke on this trip because like um, <laughs> customers came Con in. Bonwa. Yeah. And from the kitchen, one of the people greeted them with Konbonwa, which is good evening. And it was just like, Konbonwa. Just from fucking, out of nowhere. Yeah, just yelled it. We <laughs> laughed our ass off, man. That sushi was arguably awesome. I favorite meal of this trip nice um we had the new year's eve underground club yeah same night what do you think about that dude 
It was cool. What was crazy was that we went to go try and get tickets because, like, me and Mandy, Chase worked ahead and, like, got tickets and they went and picked them up. And then, like, me and Mandy weren't able to really, like, get that taken care of. And so we went, you know, maybe, like, two or three hours before the party. No one was there. No one to give us tickets or anything. We were like, okay. Then we came back later after the sushi and, like, got some tickets. Went in there. And it was, like, way nicer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Just because, like, even looking at when when you and I were looking around to see if there were tickets or anything, it just kind of looked like abandoned whatever the fuck. Right. And then when we went there, it was like, oh, this is, like, a cool bar, and there's several rooms, and there's DJs and shit. <laughs> it was, like, a... It was small enough to be, like, intimate, large enough for it to feel like a party. Yes. The DJs, um, I believe, were from, like, France or something, and it was, like, quote-unquote, underground house music. Mm. And... Um, it was music that wasn't just obnoxious, uh, like... It was more groove, like, it wasn't just, like, house music, like, boonts, boonts, Exactly. Boonts, you know? It, it There felt like there was, like, there was intent behind it. Like, there was a little bit of artistry there. Like, it was, they were mixing beats and tracks and stuff like that, but it was seamless. You would yeah, never yeah. really knew where never you really came from. Never really even, like, from. an end of a song. Yeah, or how you got there. Uh, and it was just... I think it's so cool to be able to say I spent New Year's Eve in Shibuya in an underground techno club in Japan. You yeah. Know? Um, and so, yeah, Shibuya was sick. We got to go around. I mean, like, we got to see the Shina Ibu statue. And, you know, that was of where, where you and I first kind of got to, got to hang out and walk around the city. We got to see some, like, uh, artwork on some of these walls that had, like, anime on it, like uh, Akira. Take some oh, that was with so that. Dope. That was pretty yeah. sick. Um, we also got to do some karaoke, dude. Obviously, karaoke is like a must do, I guess, in Japan. And it's always good having Hunter in a karaoke room because <laughs> he carries it. <laughs> I you carry need, the karaoke. You need Hunter there. I someone uh, who knows what they're doing. I didn't get uh, like I don't get to do karaoke as often as I as I like to. So I usually try to over exert myself oh, every yeah. karaoke. That I get to do. And then right after that, we went to the Golden Guy dive bar. So, yeah, Golden Guy is basically this row of bars that all seat like four to six people. They're tiny. Golden Guy, G-A-I, not G-U-Y. I was thinking it was just like a guy who's golden, but right. we're going to say Golden Guy. And th- the very first bar we went into, there's karaoke on, mm. and they're playing fucking Kenny Rogers. <laughs> and I will, I like, dude, this is a story that's going to stay with me forever. Walking into a <laughs> Japanese dive bar... And and on the karaoke machine is you gotta know when to hold them, know <laughs> when to fold them. I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the second bar we went to, um, the bartender who was there, I thought she was very cool, uh, very accommodating. Yeah, they had my favorite scotch of all time, Lagavulin sixteen, yeah. and that's like the perfect occasion to buy something like that. And we all had just really good drinks and really great conversation. And I even remember when we were ordering, the um, the bartender like kind of knew that we, uh, like I guess had our shit together in terms of how to order alcohol because she was mm-hmm. like, "You guys like alcohol, huh?" Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> yeah, it was crazy how small those places were, man. Like you get you get maybe you know, 200 square feet or oh, 300 that, square feet man. or whatever, you know? It's like this just little tiny hallway and that's your bar, you exactly. know? And, uh, and yeah, she was she was really cool. And uh, I, I knew Darian was also in hog heaven because she knew she knew that they had a great whiskey selection. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, uh, well, a great 
lots of stuff selection. So the gold and the eye bars were sick. Um, we also got to see the Gundam. How was that for you? The Gundam was fucking dope. I mean, it was especially considering like Chase told me like, okay, we're going to go see this Gundam like statue thing. <laughs> and like, we were trying to figure out how to get there and like, you know, Wi-Fi internationally is always kind of an issue, especially like we were using subways and stuff. So I had to like go to the street and like figure out where we were going with the Wi-Fi in hand. And then like, <laughs> I'm like coming back because I'm looking at, like I literally type in Gundam statue in the Google maps and I look at it and it's just like this rock figure. Tiny. And I'm like, that's I'm like Chase. Like, have you fucking seen? This? Yeah, <laughs> like, you sure this, you know what you're talking this about? This is lame as shit. I don't think it's worth going like an hour and a half across the <laughs> Tokyo to go see this shit. And I didn't want to be a bummer, but that was not what it actually was. the The Gundam was probably twenty times the size. It's like of two and a half stories, and it's a yeah. it, it base. It looks like. A real Gundam, and I'm not. I've never really watched Gundam Wing. I'm not into the show. Yeah, yeah. I seen more. Of it I haven't. Than I, have. I haven't either, honestly. But when you're coming, when you're on the train going towards it, you you kind of spy it out in the distance. Yeah, it's, it's there. like you're like, dude, like <laughs> this looks like a fucking Gundam if it yeah. was real because yeah. it is real. <laughs> you know, it looks like one of these things dropped down into the city. Yep. And when you stand underneath it and you look up at it and the scale of it is just like insanity and the detail yeah. is pretty, uh, it's pretty immense. Like it's got just all of the little lines and all the decals on yeah. it. It um, doesn't look like it's made from like plastic or like shitty materials. Like it looks like metal, you know. It just like, Yeah. And for a moment you can sit there and look at it and imagine to yourself this is what a Gundam would look like if I were in that world. Yeah. You know, this is what a giant robot looks like if it were to drop down right in front of yeah. me. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it was fucking awesome. I and mean, we were there for like 30, 45 minutes with yeah. everybody else just taking pictures. We we heard heard that it moved. Um, Which is an overstatement. It is quite the overstatement. It, it, it has a transformation that is motionless. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> his face moves and uh he has some things like on top of his head that are like little spikes um that in destruction mode are separate and then in unicorn are together yeah um and and i don't not to discount the coolness of how cool the gundam is but we thought it was gonna like be making different poses and shit. exactly we thought it was really gonna fucking trick out and honestly even the locals there were a little disappointed yeah everyone like saw what happened they're like yeah <laughs> tell me this still the what happened this japanese guy <laughs> looks at me after the thing was done and just goes what <laughs> and i was like yeah man i feel the same way but shout out to max scott because i know that he would. Yeah, he he would have still loved to see. Exactly. That shit, he wanted. Man. He wanted to see the Gundam, and if he would have gone, that was definitely something he would have enjoyed. And we, we were thinking of him the entire time we were there. Yeah. So cross that one off the list. We also, you know, Chase, you got to play some Guilty Gear, dude. I yeah. really, I in, did in like a pretty fucking massive arcade against some noteworthy, like not that, you, not that, like they're necessarily known, but just competitors yeah in so the arena. we went to this arcade it's not a, it's not one of the sega arcades the sega arcades i thought were honestly pretty lame we went to this other arcade that i don't know the name of it's just ian showed it to me 
and um, several floors, each floor filled with different games. And hopefully later in the future of this show, I can go into some of these games a little bit more. But for the sake of this episode, I'll just say that they had a fighting game floor. And we're talking about fighting mm-hmm. games from like 1985 through now. Yeah. And there's an entire row dedicated to Guilty Gear. And I kind of just said to myself, like, I'm not about to fucking come to Japan and not play Guilty Gear against local Japanese people. Yeah, just try to, yeah. And I sat down with 10 bucks in my pocket, and um, I played 10 games, and I got, I didn't win a single one, but I got seven rounds off. And it just, I don't know, it was like a con, it was like a convergence of a lot of time and effort, and... It w- I don't I I guess I'm still processing how I feel about it all, but it was very cool mm-hmm. to sit down at an arca- at an arcade in Japan and play a local Japanese person and do decent against one of them, and the second guy I played fucking just annihilated you. me. <laughs> just was like so sufficient with everything he did that it was it was like playing a computer. Yeah. Um, and all I can think, all, leaving there, I was like, I wish I had something like this. Yeah. I wish I was yeah. able to, every day, show up at a place and practice against other people who use a variety of characters because it would elevate your game so much. And yeah. I understand now like why Japanese um, competitors in fighting games have such an advantage is because they ha- have access to things, yeah. arcades and places like this. And yeah. like... That that was my biggest takeaway was like I wish the community around it all. Yeah, you know, I mean like, it's like anybody can go and play a pickup game of basketball, but that's not the case for fighting games. You right, know, yeah. you have to play online or whatever it is, and it was amazing. Yeah, I, it, it, it it was very fulfilling. Yeah, so I'm yeah, it was awesome to just go and see that entire arena, like watching them play rhythm games and shit. It was nuts. And yeah, every floor was a different like kind of theme of game that was pretty dope um in that same day we also uh, <laughs> darian mandy and i went to a cat cafe which was really not worth noting <laughs> but we saw like 14 cats in like a 200 square foot area. <laughs> <laughs> they packed them in i wasn't there because i would have died yeah and then at the same time um um actually if not today Maybe yesterday? I can't even remember at this point. It was yesterday. Uh, Mandy and I got to go to an owl cafe, which was pretty dope. Yeah, dude. I mean, the pictures of the owls. We got some pictures. They were majestic as hell. We got to feed owls raw meat. And And they stood on your shoulder. And they stood on my shoulder, and one of them was fucking huge. And they were like, they're still like fairly wild animals. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, they're majestically fucking wild, right? Like, you don't... They're not, like, you know, making crazy noises and shit. But, you know, there's ones that, like, didn't want to fuck with you. And you're like, okay, well, I don't want to fuck with you either, (laughs) you know? Because you will will nip my ear and that will be gone. (laughs) Yeah, that's the end of that ear. Yeah, there's the end of that. So, that was just really cool. Like, I didn't really expect to... Especially after going to the cat cafe, <laughs> being like this is a huge letdown. <laughs> going to the owl cafe and like having them get on top of your shoulder and like you know getting to feed them and like they just looked really fucking cool and like that was my first interaction with like really with birds. Really, sure. like I haven't really even got to fuck with birds very much at all, and like much less the most majestic birds. Uh, that was really awesome. And then also like, dude, so. Um, 
Yumi and Darian and Mandy also got to go to, uh, I keep fucking this name up, Asakusa. Asakusa, yeah. And On New Year's Day. On New Year's Day. The biggest shrine in Japan as far as I understand. Like one of the most popular ones. The first fucking day of the new year. Yep. We get to go to this place where you like go and get your fortune. Yeah, your fortune for the year. And what was cool is... It's not is like a fortune cookie. It's like you get a... You go and you shake a thing, get a stick, yeah. you go to the fucking thing, you pull it out, and then you get a fortune. And like we had done this before you guys arrived. We did this with Ian and Cal. Mm-hmm. And you know they had said like this is your fortune for the year, so technically you can come back on the new year and get another one because mm-hmm. the year is almost over. So we did it the first time and... Um, I can't even remember what my fortune was at this point, but we did it a second time on the new year, and it's just like, that's another thing that I'm taking away from this trip, is to be able to say, like, I woke up on the new year and went to a shrine in Japan where, like, a hundred thousand other people yeah, were- Yeah, shit ton of people. Going to, like, pray to the shrine and get their fortune, and, like, I got my fortune that year, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Mine was good. I was yeah. super satisfied there with my fortune, go, man. And if you get a bad fortune, which I got a bad fortune, um, yeah, it's worth bef- saying. Before going uh, in in 2018, I got the bad fortune the first time I went. Mm-hmm. You tie it up on this little rack, mm-hmm. and they will take the fortune. They'll burn it for you, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like the gods saying, "Oh, don't worry about this. We'll take care of it for you." Mm-hmm. And um, but if you get a good one, you need to take it with you. Yeah, Mandy bought a couple of Daruba. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. She bought uh, some for her and I, and then she bought some for uh, her family in the Daruba or like. Uh, it's you explain. Daruba, yeah. No, with an M. Daruma. Daruma. We've been fuck. doing this all trip, by the yeah. way, trying to you, figure you out gotta, how the fuck to pronounce you know, these things. It happens. But the Daruma are like these little. It's like a face with. Um, it's like a little statuette mm-hmm. uh, of a face, and their eyes are not filled in they're empty they're just white and you fill one eye in and you make like a wish and then when the wish comes true you fill the other eye in and then it's like the the dharma is finished yeah um when it's cool it's just like a traditional thing that they do uh here in japan and and yeah they're everywhere at this time of year and they're cool to have i mean yeah. looking at one literally right now above us so yeah but uh, asakusa was like maybe the most like um like when I imagined Japan in my mind, like that was the most fulfilled, like image of that, right? Right. You have this like big alley of like a shit ton of people, and, right? Like, Japan flags and fucking like little uh, like flowers and stuff like hanging into the middle of the alley, and then you have a shit ton of shops, right? You have a shit ton of street food, yep, everywhere, and like Which we got we to have ate a, sh- a ton of, yeah, like ramen and like like uh, what were they? Uh, yakitori. Uh, yakitori we had was like fried of meat. Yeah, or we had fried um, sweet potatoes. We yep. had noodles. Like, yeah, it was amazing. It was incredible. And it's this and it's this beautiful shrine in the middle of in the heart of like this incredibly urban city. Yeah, this dichotomy, which is kind of everywhere mm-hmm. in Japan, where like you'll be walking down the street. Next thing you know, this shrine that's smaller than like a shed is just sitting there, <laughs> and people can go there and pray if they'd like to. You know. Yeah. And on the heels of that, me and Mandy didn't get to experience this, but you and Darian did, the Imperial Palace. Dude, this was something else that, like, I wish I could speak to more articulately in the sense that it needs to be described in such a way that 
is like worthy of the experience that I had with right. it. So on uh, January 2nd, there's two days that the Imperial Palace, like the inner garden is opened up to the public. And that is on January 2nd and then on the Emperor's birthday. <laughs> and we got to the Imperial, pa- Imperial Palace at like 930 and the amount of people going there to see this is like unfathomable to me. Like <laughs> droves, armies of people. Had I had to have been one of like a hundred thousand at that point in time. It almost <laughs> yeah. it almost seems like. Yeah. And it took us over two hours of like moving through this incredibly organized system to get yeah, it sounded it, like a very logistically organized Yeah, like I'll have to sit you down operation. one day and explain to you how it worked mechanically because it was the most incredible um, just organization of moving people I've ever seen. <laughs> and But we got to go inside the Imperial Palace in, in uh, Tokyo and into the Inner Garden and then stand in this huge like courtyard and... And the timing just worked out perfectly because this only happened three times throughout the day. But the emperor came out and gave a tiny like two to five minute address to the Japanese people there. And they all they gave us like little bitty Japanese flags and everybody's like waving their flag around. And like (laughs) it was definitely the time I felt most out of place. Yeah. Uh, ever in yeah. the entire trip yet because mm-hmm. I was just surrounded by Japanese people and like the quiet pride they had was like palpable hmm. like with Americans I feel like we're so obnoxiously and it's like superficial yeah obnoxiously proud of America but with them there was like something deeper there yeah and like there were some people who were chanting and things like that and um like I said, I'm still processing it. And like all I could tell Darian as we were like walking up to it was like, I'm so like happy right now. I'm so like happy to be here to be seeing not only the structure of the Imperial Palace, but to be seeing all of these people who are here to gather for this one thing. And like, I'm just, I'm just like an observer. And for them, you know, I would imagine it's much different and much more meaningful. And yeah, that was that was something that's going to be one of not only something I take away from this trip as like one of the highlights, but something I'll probably remember for like the rest of my life. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. I I totally like am bummed that we that Mandy and I didn't get to see it, um, but I'm sure maybe at some point it'll happen um, every year, man. Twice yeah, a year. Yeah, it happens. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, we had. Um, we had like lots of travel that we were doing around. We've been taking the subway around. We've been taking like over the top, like uh, I guess skyline kind of rails and stuff. Um, we just got to see a lot of Japan through all those sorts of experiences and like figuring out the subway yeah. and, and the and the JR rail monorail has been interesting. We took a stuff. bullet train. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you've been mostly staying in like Airbnbs, right? Um, and so, like the Airbnb, we were gonna say that we wanted to give a huge shout out again to like the hosts for the Airbnb in Miyoko Kogan, which is uh, Nanako and Leaf. Right. Uh, this place is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's like like you have said a couple of times this weekend. It's idyllic. Yeah. It literally feels. Like it could be on a postcard. Yes, yeah, serene, know? you know. And we're sitting here like drinking like cheap Japanese booze and just right. enjoying the sights. Like, and it's just incredible. Like, you know, like you were saying, like well, you went to an Airbnb for Tokyo, and it was just like 
it wasn't that there was anything wrong with it. It was just like kind of small. Yep. And then like it, it covered your bare basics. Um, but like they just really here they like <laughs> Leaf and Nanako just went above and beyond. I mean, and we're, covered we're literally wearing everything. traditional Japanese kimono yeah. robes right <laughs> yeah, now. Let's not overlook the fact <laughs> that we're wearing kimonos <laughs> right now <laughs> and drinking sake and shit. Yeah, it's awesome, uh, dude. Man. Yeah, so so again, like huge shout out to them. Um, you know, Mandy and I like got to stay in some really cool hotels. Um, um, Tokyo Bay was Mandy's favorite. There was like this really sick view of like Mount Fuji and nice. like the bay, like the whole fucking bay was like really awesome. Um, um, but yeah, so there's just been like great accommodations so far, like as far as what we've gotten to experience and go through. I don't have that many more like things. Well, let's do this. Let's take specifically. Let's take a quick break. Let's save the audio. Because okay. we're running on like yeah. just the juice of the laptop right now. Yeah, we don't have the three pronged ability yeah. uh, in Japan, so we're w- hoping the the laptop will hold right. Up. And we'll come back for a quick word, and then we'll we'll end in this one. Sounds good. Cool. Peace. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram, and liking us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. And feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. Flip-flop-flop-flop-flop-flop-flop-flop. All right, man. So we've done like 30-something minutes and this is just, uh, it's almost like a special yeah. in terms of how the episode's going. It's still episode 135, mm-hmm. um, but we'll, we're going to start closing it up, closing it down here. Yep. And we've got Japan to experience, you fucking listeners. Exactly. We've got more <laughs> fun times to have. What are you guys doing right now? So first of all, what I wanted to do is to give like a formal thank you to Ian and Cal. Yeah. Um, I don't think you guys got to meet Cal, which is unfortunate because she's great, but she was around when Darian and I first arrived. And the way that Ian and Cal essentially just like dropped everything that they were doing to show us around the city was unbelievable to me. Like I would not have had the experience that I had in Japan without them. Right. And seeing the hospitality that they were willing to give without any sort of expectation of it wasn't like an obligation or anything. It was just yeah, and they didn't like expect anything in return. And like I always say that, like sharing dinner with people is is like I don't know. Like usually how I try to, it's for me sharing dinner with people is a way. It's not something you do every day, right? Like it's it can be pretty important. Yeah, yeah, it's important in the fact that like you are enjoying a meal together and having conversation, growing closer or whatever. What spending have you. time. And they, you know, we had dinner with them several times and we had like a lot of great conversations. I got to talk to Ian and Cal about like Japanese culture and like learn things from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like after that, like if I have, if I have dinner with you like that and I enjoy myself the way that I did, it's like, well, I consider you like a friend, yeah. not, not just like a, an like acquaintance, but like, no, like yeah, I want to, like, I want to return the favor to them somehow i don't know how i don't know if that's just like sending gifts every christmas or like (laughs) what it is but 
my yeah. deepest gratitude to them, yeah. you know, and, and especially like before you guys got there, they took us to this sushi, sushi place, which I believe Cal's mom, like, or her father, like, uh, knows the owner mm-hmm. and you wouldn't ever really know where it was unless you were like looking for it or you knew of it. And it was this small, uh, sushi restaurant that was like on the second story, the second floor of this building. And it basically had like a room in the back with a few tables and then a long bar where a bunch of people could sit. Mm-hmm. And we sat at the the bar and um, Cal and Ian just basically talked to the sushi chefs for us and said and ordered us omakase, which is like chef's choice. And this guy just blew our fucking <laughs> minds. Gave us like yeah, I'm super fucking jealous. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry that I have to explain it to to, to the audience right in front of you. <laughs> just gave us these this massive plate of this huge assortment of nigiri mm. of like the freshest fish I've ever had, and then in front of me was all these types of fish that I've never seen before in sushi restaurants. And after I sort of had what he gave me the first time, I would just say like, I want this or two of those or you know two of these. And we're sitting with Cal and Ian, and it was basically just like I got to basically sample everything that they had, <laughs> and the rice was perfect, yep. and the amount of wasabi that he put in there was perfect. Mm-hmm. And he was even talking to them. He was like, "Oh, I'm very, I was, I was uh, shocked that they ate with their hands, or I was shocked with how little soy sauce they put on their their rice." And I was like, "Well, that's because we did some research." There you go. And Darian had brought like little gifts and chocolates to give to people because we read that that's like something people do is like you have a good bartender or a good mm-hmm. you know chef or whatever and so like we got we gave him one of our chocolates as a gift and he was like really surprised and taken aback by that and <laughs> it was such a awesome experience yeah you know? that I'm wouldn't, super fucking jealous yeah that wouldn't have happened without Ian and Cal so that's like where my gratitude goes especially mm-hmm. um, but besides that I mean like we've talked quite a bit about the things that we've done but the trip isn't over right um we're going to kyoto next after this to see basically the Edo castles of japan which i hope are going to be i'm sure will be like just immense in their scale and beauty yeah as basically this entire trip has been yeah um and uh, after that, I think you guys are traveling back. Yep. And then Darian and I will stay for an extra couple of days in a city called Hakone, where we're going to mm-hmm. stay in what's called a ryokan, which is like a traditional Japanese inn where they like serve you breakfast and dinner, and there's like onsens on on. Oh, it's like premise. a bed and breakfast kind of. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally, and they they take care of you. We're gonna get to hang out in like kimonos and stuff like that. <laughs> We're doing a, a traditional tea ceremony in Kyoto, oh, yeah, no, which is cool. We're gonna get to basically wear kimonos and like prepare our own tea and be led through the ceremony by yep. whoever's leading it. And that's gonna be fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I guess just to like round out the episode, uh, my question to you, Hunter, is throughout these last couple of days, especially like seeing the Imperial Palace. experiencing the onsen that we had um, Hmm. and how you got your bag back because everybody has (laughs) such like a, there's, there's like a, there's just like a, an ex, not an expectation, but just, it's like, it's taken for granted here that like you help each other out. Like you don't steal from each other, like things like that. How do you feel about just this country now and like the Japanese people, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't ask me to, to narrow it down to one thing. Basically. Right. Yeah. It's hard to do. Um, 
and even uh, I will I will answer your question. I was even just gonna say even to uh, go off of the idea of like the different kinds of fish that you had um, with cow and and their whole family or whatever, right. and then also. Like when we were in Miyokokogan, you were noting on how like the eggs and stuff and how the produce, like there's oh so many God. different like types of vegetables and stuff that you can try. And I don't know. It's just super cool how like how different um, it seems to get outside of the normal routine that you have that you've built for yourself, you know, Absolutely. and how refreshing and shit that is. Um, it's just been great. I mean. Mandy and I are in like the the sort of uh, the level where it's like we're also thankful for you and Darian for helping us to like kind of guide us in in a lot of figuring out a lot of this stuff where it's like we're super thankful for um, you know Nanako and and Leaf for having this kick ass setup for us and and Miyoko Kogan um, and us out also big time. with Ian you know leading us around Tokyo and showing us all that shit. And then, you know, you and Darian, like, doing the research that, honestly, like, me and Mandy were, like, so busy leading up to this trip that, like, I don't know if we would have ever been able to do this post research research to be able to, like, have this good of a plan and, like, do all of these cool things that we wanted to do. Um, it's just been amazing. And I'm, like, super happy. And I can't really, like... Um, that feeling of happiness, I feel like, is it. You know, like, I don't know how to tell people or describe it, but especially at the the Emperor's Palace like I said like it just I just felt happy yeah you know, like well and it's like and it's been way. like different kinds of happy too like I've been satisfied with you know the food happy and I've been like 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 even after the onsen today just like going in and even though it was basically just like a Japanese locker room yeah but like going outside and like being in a fucking hot tub where it's snowing outside <laughs> you know and then you come out and you've like you're washed and you're like nice and clean and you just feel like a new person you're yeah like, totally God, i feel good as shit and you walk around in the snow as powdery as shit and you're like man this is just awesome so i mean i don't have any like super insightful verbiage to describe I feel how like we're not gonna have that for a while after this trip yeah you know? i mean listen like l refer back to the first 30 minutes listener to to hear how like grateful and happy and thankful we are about how sick this this vacation's been so far yeah all right dude well that has been episode 135 a uh, good little stop gap to yeah. uh, to carry us over into the new year um like i said before we'll probably have a little bit of a break so follow us on twitter to sort of keep up to date on when that break is going to end and we are of course at witty banter show maybe we'll tease you guys with some heads ups and We'll probably try and get maybe like some new buffers and all sorts of shit. We'll try and like knock this sh next year out of the park. 2018, man. New year. Um, so yeah, Max couldn't be here. But of course, if you want to continue to follow him, he is at probably Max on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase. Our website is wittybantershow.com. Um, that was basically the highlight reel yeah. of our trip. But I honestly think we could probably fill 30 minutes uh, just talking about each one of those experiences. Yeah. So hopefully there will be more <laughs> to come and to be embellished over the new year. If you want to send us a question to ask us about any of the things that we've done, Please you do. can send an email to wittybantershow at gmail.com. So that is episode 135. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Arigato gozaimasu. Bye,
Adventure.